The Bradford Exchange presents The Classic Radio Theater with your host, Carl Amari. Countdown for blast off. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Welcome, everyone, to episode 88 of the Classic Radio Theater. Each week, the Bradford Exchange and participating sponsors bring you three hours of the Classic Radio Theater, featuring programming from the golden age of radio. Make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts to never miss an episode. This time, we'll hear two half-hour Western episodes of Gunsmoke, starring William Conrad from 1953. Stick around. We'll be right back. There were many Western radio shows during the Golden Age, but most were aimed at a juvenile audience. The Lone Ranger, Hopalong Cassidy, The Roy Rogers Show, Gene Autry's Melody Ranch, Wild Bill Hickok, and others. It wasn't until radio dramas were making way for television that the idea of a Western series strictly for adult audiences was conceived. CBS was investing in the newer and more promising visual medium, and the fortuitous cancellation of another program created an opening for Gunsmoke, a Western series unlike any before it. Developed by Norman MacDonald, the writing for Gunsmoke was high quality, the sound effects top-notch, and there was no shortage of violence and bloodshed. As events unfolded, the ever-watchful Marshal Matt Dillon of Dodge City, Kansas, carried out the duties his shiny badge demanded. Within a year, several radio programs tried to emulate Gunsmoke's production values, but none came close. In 1955, the program made the transition to television with James Arness starring in the role William Conrad had made his own on radio. The video version featured all the characters we came to know and love from the radio series, but with a totally new cast. Gunsmoke would ultimately make television history by becoming the longest-running U.S.-made Western series. Time now for the first of two Western episodes of Gunsmoke, starring William Conrad. In this first story, Ken Creed comes to Dodge. He's the fastest gunman ever, and he's looking for a shootout. Here's There Was Never a Horse, starring William Conrad on Gunsmoke from September 19, 1953. City and in the territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. Gun smoke, starring William Conrad. The story of the violence that moved west with young America. The story of a man who moved with it. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Shot a rye, bartender. Ain't you sure got any left? Well, make sure. Kind of a saloon is this, anyway? There's other saloons in Dodge. What if I like this one? If I don't have any rye, you might not like it. 
You're talking to the wrong man. You go look for that bottle if you want to live. Now, go on. All right. Never said I wouldn't look, did I? Hey. You're a stranger in Dodge, ain't you? It beats living here, mister, and being drunk to boot. I'm only a little drunk. No business of yours. Go on back to your pigs. Go home. Milk your cows. Yeah. You talk pretty big. You know what? I think you're a gunman. And you ought to have sense enough to keep your mouth shut. What's your name, anyway? I killed men for asking that. You're so crazy, I'll tell you. My name is Ken Creed. Ken Creed? I never changed it. Oh, the way I heard it, Ken Creed's pretty fast with a gun. Well, you heard right. Now, shut up. Here's your eye, mister. Uh, you're a better bartender than I thought. Hey. Ah. Hey, Creed. I told you to... Sh- well, now, look at you. Sure. Look at me. You may be fast, Creed, but you ain't smart. Not with my gun aimed right at your belly. Makes it kind of dangerous to take a drink around here, don't it? Well, you, it does. I'm sorry it's got to be this way, Creed, but I am a little drunk. I can't take any chances. Man, with a gun this hand, he's taking chances, friend. Especially when he's appointing it at me. Still talking big, ain't you? Go back to my pigs, huh? I'm going to kill you for that. I'm going to be the man that killed Ken Creed. The rest of that man ain't been born yet. All right, put the gun away, mister. Who are you? I'm a U.S. Marshal. Put it away. You ain't arresting me. No, it was self-defense. He looked away from you when I yelled and he was drunk. But he drew first, all right. Then I'll put my gun away. Chester... Get a couple of men and take his body out back, huh? Yes, sir. Uh, give me a hand here, will you? Sure. Your name must be Dillon. It is. I'm Ken Creed, Marshal. Arizona? Hmm. You hear of me? Who ran you out? Nobody runs me out anyway as Marshal, including Dodge. I don't like gunmen, Creed. Cause trouble here and I'll run you out. I hear you too, Marshal. Your hand is a gun. I'm still alive. Didn't mean a thing to me. Shoot that drunk they just carried out. I ain't at all proud of it. I know you're kind, Creed. <laughs> I think I'm going to like Dodge. You have a right to protect yourself here, but that's all. Don't forget it. Mr. Dillon, that fellow had a friend who's going to see he gets buried. Come on, Chester. Yes, sir. Who is that man? His name's Ken Creed, Chester. I never heard of him. I have. Oh, He's a gunman to me, huh? Yeah. Well, I'll say one thing. He was mighty fast. I'm not sure I ever saw anyone faster. (laughs) You seem worried, Mr. Dillon. Chester Creed's killed a lot of men just to build his reputation, but that's all he cares about. You didn't hear him, but he said he wasn't proud shooting that man in there. What he meant was he'd like to kill me. That'd make him proud. Oh. You think he'll try? He'll try. Then why don't you go out right now and shoot him down? I'm a lawman, Chester, not just a gunfighter. Why should I risk my life to satisfy whatever's wrong in Ken Creed's head? Yes, sir, you're right. I guess I just wasn't thinking. If he breaks the law, I'll fight him, but I won't fight him over anything as stupid as reputations and the like. No, sir. I sure do wish he'd haul himself out of here, though. Well, that isn't likely now. Uh, there's no use worrying about it. Say, I've got an idea. Maybe you ought to wire Abilene and get Mr. Hickok to come over here for a little visit. You think I'm afraid of Ken Creed? Oh, no, sir, it isn't that, Mr. Dillon. 
my, I, I just thought maybe he'd leave town if there was more than one man to face. Creed's as fast as any man I ever saw, Chester. Maybe he can beat me. I don't know. And I sure don't like the idea of dying. But I got over being afraid of it a long time ago. Yes, sir, I know. And if I asked Wild Bill for help, he'd come expecting 20 men like Creed, not one. Uh, now, uh, why don't you go upstairs and get Doc? He said he wanted to have supper with us at Delmonico's tonight. All right, sir. I'll go get him. Could you spare some more of that coffee, Matt? Well, you're paying for it, Doc. Here, help yourself. Thank you. Ah, yes, yeah, John. I won't be able to pay for anything much longer if business doesn't pick up some around here. Doc, why don't you get a steady job back east in a hospital or something? I worked in a hospital once, Chester. Well, why'd you leave? Oh, I didn't like it much. That's not what you told me, Doc. An affair of the heart, Chester. A woman of great beauty and an evil spirit. Oh? She never told me she was married to the head of the board of directors. Oh. No, she never said a word about it. Her husband mentioned it, though, very first time I met him. The night he fired me. <laughs> My goodness. Hey, you're better off here, Doc. Oh, yes, and safer, Matt. Oh, yes, much safer. Evening, Marshal. Uh, hello, Creed. And Chester, see him this afternoon. Tell me this is Doc. How are you, Doc? I'm fine. I'm fine. You work on horses or people, Doc? Sometimes I prefer horses. I don't know as I like that. Leave him alone, Creed. What do you want here, anyway? I don't like croakers. They kill people slow. I kill them fast. You'll come whining for help someday, mister. Why don't you carry a gun? That's enough, Creed. Is it, Marshal? You heard me. You got a gun, Dylan. Get out of here. If you're calling me, draw. Go on. Draw? No. No, Creed. Not this time. <laughs> sure, Marshal. Sure, you're not. Oh, I'm sorry I got you into that man. No, you didn't, Doc. He's just trying to start a fight any way he can. A fight? Well, what for? Because maybe you can say he killed Matt Dillon. No other reason. Come on, let's get out of here. Thanks, Kitty. Drink? Uh, no, not tonight. They're talking, Matt. Oh? Who's talking about what? People, about you and Ken Creed. They say he backed you down at Delmonico's early tonight. I can't stop their talk. I just thought you ought to know, Matt. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Kitty. What really happened? He backed me down. It's true. Then you got a reason for letting him. No reason. Sometimes I don't understand you one bit, Matt. And try to understand Creed and his reasons. It's his play, this business. Matt, he just came in, over there. Yeah, I see him. He doesn't look worried about anything? No, he doesn't. Oh, here he comes. Yeah. So you're sitting here, Marshal. So? And that's a right pretty gal. You want to introduce me? Go back to the bar, Creed. Do your drinking there, huh? 
That's not friendly, Marshal. My name's Ken Creed, miss. Nobody asked you. <laughs> and peppery, and I like them that way. Beat it. Why, sure. When you get rid of your friend here, why, you and me can get together later, okay? Creed. I've about had enough of you. That's so, Marshal? All you want is for me to draw on you, isn't it? That's all, Marshal. And if I don't? Well, you will, Marshal. Sooner or later, you'll have to. I'll think of something. I don't understand this, Matt. It's simple, Kitty. Real simple. You're not afraid of him. I don't think I ever saw anyone handle a gun faster than Creed. But if I were afraid of men like that, I'd have to get out of this business. He thinks he can kill you. Anyway, he's willing to gamble on it. Why? It'll make him a bigger man, that's all. And I'm not interested in that. No matter what people are saying. You're in a bad spot, Matt. Yeah. Yeah, it looks that way. We will return for the second act of Gunsmoke in just a moment. But first, nature is kinder by far to her woodlands than we are. Forest fires, nine out of ten, are man-made. To preserve for humanity all the products that spring from healthy timberland, redouble your efforts to eliminate forest fires. Crush out every cigarette. Break matches in two and grind them with your fingers. Douse campfires and turn them over until no ember remains. The extra moments you take sure before you abandon a campsite can save a fortune in property and save human lives. Now the second act of Gunsmoke. Morning, Doc. Good morning, Matt. You ought to paint this place, Doc. Oh, yes, Albert. If I did that, people would think I'm rich. They'd have one more excuse not to pay me. <laughs> Why don't you make them pay in advance? Oh, well, that's a good idea. I'll start with you. You got five dollars? I'm sorry, Doc. I'm not sick. I'm just looking for Chester. I thought he might be up here. Well, I haven't seen him today, but I'm glad you came anyway. Oh? This talk that's going around, Matt, you got to put a stop to it. About me being afraid of Ken Creed? Yes, it's bad for you, Matt. It's very bad. Doc, if I start shooting it out with every gunman that hits Dodge, it'll never stop. I'm hired by the government to enforce the law, not to build me a reputation or to add to somebody else. Yeah, I understand if that, If Creed Matt. breaks the law, I'll go after him. People ought to know that. People aren't very smart sometimes, Matt. Yeah, they sure aren't. Mr. Dillon? Oh, hello, Doc. Hello, Chester. Where have you been, Chester? No place. I was just coming down the street, and somebody told me there's trouble at the Alapaganza. Oh, what kind of trouble? A fight. And they mentioned Ken Creed. No. Yes, sir. I didn't hear any shooting, though. I come looking for you right away. Well, let's go over there. See you later, Doc. Sure, Matt. Good luck. Yeah, thanks. Bye, Doc. When did this happen, Chester? Well, it couldn't have been very long ago. Maybe Creed's killed another man in self-defense. I don't know. Well, we'll soon find out. There's a man laying on the floor there. Yeah, but I don't see Creed. He's dead, Marshal. Just got knocked out. Who did it, Sam? King Creed. Where is Creed? He went outside a couple of minutes ago. What happened? Well, properly speaking, Marshal, it wasn't even a fight. 
This fellow would just stand there with his back to Creed. and wasn't even talking to each other. All at once, Creed pulled out his gun and cracked him over the head with it. Yeah. I see. Got no idea why he did it, Marshal. Just meanness, I guess. Maybe. Uh, you better get that man up to dock, Sam. He may be hurt worse than you think. Sure. Chester? Come on. Yes, sir. What do you make of it? It's simple, Chester. Now, Creed's got his fight. You mean with you, Mr. Dillon? I don't think he'll submit to arrest. No, I guess he wouldn't. I gotta stop him now. Why don't we go after him with shotguns? No. No, I'll face him. I don't like him. Not one bit. Now, this is as good a place to wait as any. Creed will be along soon. It just don't make sense, Mr. Dillon. You having to shoot it out with a man like that? No, I can't let him go any further. He'll kill somebody next, and I can't let some innocent man die. Well, you're innocent. You haven't done anything. I'm a marshal, Chester. There's a difference. And anyway, he hasn't killed me yet, you know. Oh, no, sir. I, I, I didn't mean it. Well, of course he hasn't. You don't think he can, do you? Chester, you know the saying, there was never a horse that couldn't be rode, nor a man that couldn't be thrown. Yes, sir, I understand. Now, Creed's fast. Maybe that's not enough. Maybe it is. Now, here he comes now. Right down the middle of the street. Yeah. I guess he knew you'd be waiting for him. You keep out of it. Yes, sir. Looking for somebody, Marshal? I'm looking for you. Yeah, I am. It's against the law to slug people and dodge. Figured it was. Sure. I don't suppose you'd come along to jail. You know I won't, Marshal. All right, go ahead and draw, Creed. It doesn't matter now. All right, Dylan. I will. <laughs> Hey, you miss me, Creed. You hit my gun, but you miss me. Well, with your neck. Bullet glance in it? Yeah. I could kill you easy now, Marshal. But you won't. You couldn't brag about shooting an unarmed man. No, I couldn't. Well, get yourself another gun, Dylan. You're fast, Creed. But you don't shoot very straight. We'll see about that. All right, I'll be back. As soon as the doc patches me up. Take your time. I don't mind waiting. That was a chance shot, Creed. If you hadn't hit my gun, you'd be lying dead. Are you sure you won't come to jail? You're wasting time, Marshal. Yeah. You hurt bad, Mr. Dillon? I don't think so, Chester. But it's sure more than a flesh wound. You know, if he'd have shot you when you was unarmed there, I'd have killed him sure. No, I couldn't have stopped that. I'm going up to docks here, Chester. There's a gun in my desk drawer. Bring it up to me, will you? Yes, sir. I'll go get it. Thanks. Hey, I saw the whole business, Matt. Oh, yes, I saw it. I'm just getting my things together here, and I was going to come down. It's not too bad, Doc. Well, come on over here now, and let me see it. Yeah. That's it. Now, sit down. Sit down, Matt, right here. That's it. Now, here. You wipe your hands with it. Yeah, thanks. That's good. Now, let me see this thing. Just missed the vein. You're lucky, Matt. You're mighty lucky. Yeah. See, you tore the muscle there. That's not bad, though, no. I'll just take a couple of stitches and you'll be as good as new. <laughs> Almost. 
Hurry it up, will you, Doc? You just hold still now. You'd be very careful. Let's see what's in there. What's your hurry? <laughs> I want to face Creed before my neck gets stiff. Might throw me a little. Yeah, that's all right now. You mean you're going back after him? Of course. Of course I am. That's all right now. But that's crazy, Matt. That's plum crazy. Let's see. He's all speed, Doc. Unless he's right next to him, and it's luck if he hits him. He missed me. Yes, but he hit your gun. So. But that wouldn't happen again in a, in a thousand times. Yeah, well, maybe you're right. You know, it takes nerve, Doc, to stand there and hold your fire for that one second you need to aim. Yes, I know. And I don't think... That, I don't think Creed has that kind of nerve. Well... I hope not, Matt, but we'll see them. Ah, there you are. Now, now, now. Just wrap a bandage around your neck and we're through. <laughs> How is he, Doc? Well, he's pretty good, Chester. He doesn't tear those stitches out. Well, you can always sew me up again, Doc. Oh, sure, yeah. Is this a gun you wanted? Yeah. Yeah, that's it, Chester. Well, I'll see you later, Doc. Matt? Yeah? I want to take a look at that... In the morning, you come by then. Yeah, thanks, Doc. Where do you suppose he is? He'll be long, Chester. Just like last time. Maybe he's having a drink. He's a fool if he is. Everybody sure is staying off the street, ain't they? Uh, just as well. You better take cover, too. I will. When Creed shows. Uh, my neck's getting stiff already. Maybe you better go look for him. Well, I would, Chester, but there's too much chance of some bystander getting hit that way. I'd rather meet him in the street here. Yes, sir. What? What's that? I was in the Texas Trail over there. Come on, Chester. Somebody must have been shot where they're all crowded around back there. Yeah. All right. Here. Let me throw him. Come on. Let, let him out of the way, please. It, it's Creed, and he looks dead to me. All right. All right, quiet. Quiet up. Shut up! Now, who shot Creed? I shot him. I shot King Creed. All right, I'll take your gun, mister. No, you won't. I'm a gunman too, Marshal. You ain't taking my gun. You're drunk. Get your hands up. Uh, I'll kill you too. All right, throw him in jail, Chester. Yes, sir. Oh, it's pretty sober now, Mr. Dillon. Says his name is Chuck Carter. You want to talk to him? No, I heard the whole story, Chester. There were plenty of witnesses. Carter claimed he don't remember what happened. Well, he'd better remember. He'll probably hang for it. You mean he started it? Uh, it wasn't even a fight, Chester. It was just like that man Creed Club. Only Carter didn't club him. He shot him. How? Now, right in the back. Creed didn't even know it was coming. Funny way for a man like him to die, ain't it? Yeah, but maybe it's best this way. How do you mean? Well, if Creed and I had shot it up, the survivor would have been just that much more of a prize for some drunken bum like Carter. And that had to have been you, Mr. Dillon. Yeah, maybe. But I'll never know for sure, Chester. Not now. Well, Mr. Dillon... I'll tell you something. I was scared plumb to pieces. 
Well, Mr. Proudfoot, I'll tell you something. So was I. Gunsmoke, under the direction of Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Tonight's story was specially written for Gunsmoke by John Meston, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Featured in the cast were Lawrence Dobkin, John Daner, and Ralph Moody. Harley Bear is Chester, Howard McNear is Doc, and Georgia Ellis is Kitty. Gunsmoke has been selected by the Armed Forces Radio Service to be heard by our troops overseas. Join us again next week as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in Gunsmoke. It's a double celebration this coming Monday for radio station WTAR, Norfolk, Virginia. This coming Monday, WTAR celebrates its 30th anniversary. And on the same day, this popular, powerful Norfolk radio station becomes a CBS radio affiliate. Welcome to the ever-expanding coast-to-coast CBS radio family, WTAR. And for all our affiliates throughout America, this is wishing you a happy birthday. And your listeners, happy listening at the Star's Address. George Walsh speaking. America now listens to 110 million radio sets and listens most to the CBS Radio Network. Gunsmoke with There Was Never a Horse, starring William Conrad from September 19, 1953. Also in the cast, Parley Bear, Howard McNear, Georgia Ellis, John Daner, Lawrence Dobkin, and Ralph Moody as heard over CBS. All of the classic radio shows we present on this series are direct from the master recordings. I have more than 100,000 original radio episodes under license from the owners and estates and we make them available via digital download or on CD through our Classic Radio Club. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you'll receive 10 superior-sounding classic radio shows sent directly to you each month, along with detailed liner notes and photos of the stars. You'll receive your first 10 classic radio episodes for only $1, and you can cancel at any time. To learn more about the Classic Radio Club, Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. Make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts to never miss an episode. I'll have another Western episode of Gunsmoke after this short break. Welcome back to the Classic Radio Theater. I'm your host, Carl Amari. This time, Mrs. Phillips returns to civilization after being captive by Indians for 10 years. Here's Fawn on Gunsmoke, starring William Conrad from September 26, 1953. Around Dodge City and in the territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. 
Smoke, starring William Conrad. The story of the violence that moved west with young America. The story of a man who moved with it. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Don't shoot, Mr. Dillon. It's Chester. Why, you darn fool. I'm sorry, sir. I I didn't see you laying there. Slamming doors, you always do that? Who'd you think it was? Is there somebody after you? There could be, Chester. A lot of people. Yo, what do you got there? A telegram. I happened to be passing by the depot and they gave it to me. Here. Oh, you read it. I haven't got my eyes on yet. All right, sir. My, it's from Washington, Mr. Dillon, from the government. Well, then they still know where I am anyway. Well, yes, sir, it's addressed to you. Well, read it, Chester. All right. It says, proceed to Fort Larned and receive return prisoner from Colonel Blore. Stop. You will hold and dodge until arrival of Roger Phillips of Boston. Stop. Signed, C.J. Calvert, War Department. What's it mean? Well, as usual, it doesn't explain much, Chester. But Fort Larned is a 55-mile ride from here. I gotta go over and pick up some prisoner and then ride 55 miles back to Dodge with him. Yes, but what for, Mr. Dillon? I don't know, Chester. Maybe that man from Boston can explain it when he gets here. That colonel at Fort Larned must know. Oh, you might. Uh, can I go with you? All right. We'll start in the morning at daylight. Have a chair, Marshal. Oh, thank you. Our quarters aren't luxurious here, but we'll find a place of some sort for you tonight. Well, there are two of us, Colonel. Fine. And when will you want to start back to Dodge? Uh, Tomorrow, if the prisoner's ready. Prisoner? Uh, Now, don't tell me they got everything mixed up again. I came here to pick up a return prisoner, whatever that is. And that's the only description you had? That's all. I'm to hold him in Dodge till somebody from Boston comes after him. I'd better explain, Marshal. The prisoner was a captive of the Cheyennes and returned to us several weeks ago. Oh, oh, I see. Well, can't you keep him here at Fort Larned or just send him home? It's a woman, Marshal. What? Mrs. Phillips. And the man who's coming out from Boston for her is her husband. It'll take him several weeks, so it was thought best that Mrs. Phillips should be in Dodge. <laughs> I never heard of sending a woman to Dodge to her to be better off. But I'll take her there and... That's what they want. Where'd you find her, anyway? Well, perhaps I should tell you the whole story. Mrs. Phillips was captured while traveling to join her husband in Denver ten years ago. Ten years? That's a long time for a woman to live with Indians. Yes, it is. Her stage was attacked by the Cheyennes, and everyone but her was killed. Yeah. Well, how'd you get hold of her? She won't talk much, Marshal, but evidently she managed to escape. You see, we were chasing a band of Cheyennes led by Chief Blackhorn a few weeks back. We ran into Mrs. Phillips and a girl out on the prairie. A girl? A Cheyenne, not a white girl. That's strange. But anyway, what are you going to do with the girl, Colonel? It's all been decided in Washington. She's to go on to a reservation. Oh, good. And I don't have to worry about her. Well, I'm afraid, Marshal, it's going to take a little time. Huh? What do you mean? Mrs. Phillips absolutely refuses to be separated from her. But right now I have to take them both to Dodge, huh? I'm afraid so. I'll send for the girl when Mrs. Phillips goes home. Hmm. How old's the girl, Colonel? Perhaps somewhere between 8 and 12. Well, I suppose I'll meet him at supper. I don't think so. She insists on eating alone with the girl. Oh, and by the way, they're both still in Indian dress. You'll have to do something about that in Dodge. <laughs> Colonel, do you have a bottle of good whiskey hidden in that desk? Of course I have, Marshal. <laughs> But don't worry. I'm sure everything will go smoothly. Sure. (laughs) 
I'll ask the colonel if he can spare a wagon, Chester. Well, it's going to be an awful slow trip in a wagon. I can't be helped. At least we're getting an early start. Yes, sir. Hey, by golly, there's a colonel. Soldiers always get up early, Chester. That would keep me out of the army all by itself. <laughs> well, good morning, Colonel. Good morning, Marshal. Chester. Good morning, sir. Mrs. Phillips is waiting inside, Marshal. Shall we go in? Oh, uh, well, you better stay here, Chester. Yes, sir. Mrs. Phillips, I've brought Marshal Dillon. How do you do, Marshal? Ma'am. Come in, gentlemen. This is Gray Fawn. You may call her Fawn if you prefer. Oh. Uh, does she speak English, ma'am? A little, but you mustn't expect her to talk. She's a little too frightened of white men. I've uh, come to take you to Dodge, Miss Phillips. I know. It's very kind of you. We're ready. Good. I forgot to ask you, Colonel, if I could borrow a wagon. Why, certainly, Marshal. And I'll send a soldier along to drive it. That won't be necessary, gentlemen. Fawn and I have horses and we can ride. That's a long trip, ma'am. I'm sure we've made longer ones, Marshal. We're ready to leave when you are. I'll have your horses brought up at once, Mrs. Phillips. Thank you, Colonel. It's 55 miles, ma'am, and uh, there's no place to spend the night. You forget, Marshal. I've been a Cheyenne for 10 years. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get started. I swear, Miss Phillips, I don't think you and Vaughn are half as tired as I am. Chief Blackhorn insisted the women ride almost as much as the men, Chester. Uh, what sort of a fellow is he, ma'am? I was never acquainted with any Indians real well. Never mind that now, Chester. Now, let's stop here. Oh. Uh, this is the Dodge House, Miss Phillips. I'll go see if they have a room for you. Thank you, Marshal. Take my horse, Chester. Huh? Yes, sir, I got him. Uh, maybe you better tie them all up over there. I'm sure they got plenty of rooms. I'll be back in a minute. Ah, oh, good evening, Hank. Uh, hello, Marshal. Where you been? I, uh, got a couple of women outside, Hank. They'll want a room here for maybe, oh, two weeks. And so? Sure, Marshal, sure. I need some guests in this place. Two weeks. That's fine. Uh, give them your best room. Um, they've come a long way. Certainly, certainly. You just bring them right in. Chester. Yes, sir? It's okay. Come on in. Where are they from, Marshal? Well, it's a long story, Hank. And uh, don't ask them. Okay. Well, I'll be. Is this them? This is Hank Reisling, Miss Phillips. Mrs. Phillips? I'll uh, get you some different clothes tomorrow, ma'am. That's all right, Marshal. You really a white woman? Yeah, of course she is. Mm. What about the girl? The girl's Cheyenne, but she's staying with Miss Phillips. No, no, not here she ain't. Now listen to me, Hank. Miss Phillips has been a captive of the Cheyennes for ten years. She got away and brought this girl with her, and they're tired, and they want a room. Never mind, Marshal. It doesn't matter. The white lady can stay here. But I ain't taking in no filthy Indians. You should be ashamed. And by tomorrow, you'll have to get out of that costume yourself. Shut up, Hank. I ain't running no hotels for Indians. Or, come to think of it, even for them that looks like Indians. No! Come on, let's get out of here. I apologize for him, Miss Phillips. <laughs> There'll only be trouble. I knew it. Now, I'll find a place for you. Don't worry. Chester. Hmm? Go over there and get Kitty, huh? Tell her I want to see her right away. Yes, sir. It isn't going to work, Marshal. Now, ma'am, nobody's going to bother you. I promise you they won't. It's been so long. So much has happened. But you've escaped now. You're out of it. No. No, Marshal, I didn't escape. What? I couldn't have escaped. I was allowed to leave. And Fawn was allowed to go with me. 
I never heard of Indians doing that before. It was the chief, Blackhorn. But why? Well, you may not understand it. But after the first few years, after I adapted myself to the tribe and its ways, I was treated kindly. But even so, I... I knew I could never be happy with the Cheyennes away from my own people. And so Blackhorn just lets you come back? Yes. I know it seems strange. But he's a strong man, Marshal. A very strong man. All right. But uh, what about Fawn here? He must have known she'd end up on a reservation. No, never. Hello, Matt. Oh, Kitty, uh, this is Miss Phillips. I know. Chester told me. I'm glad to meet you, Mrs. Phillips. Thank you, Kitty. I got a room for you and the girl. It's out back of the Texas Trail. Belongs to a friend of mine. She'll move in with me while you need it. Well, that's very kind of you. And her. Well, I was never caught by the Indians, but I know what it's like to be a stranger in town. Come on, I'll show it to you, and then we can get something to eat. I hope I can repay you. Nonsense. Take the horses, will you, Chester? Yes, sir. Uh, Shall we go, Mrs. Phillips? Excuse me, Kitty, I... I want to say something to the marshal first. Sure. Here, Fawn, you take my hand. We'll walk on ahead. What is it, ma'am? A moment ago, you asked about Fawn. You said she'd go to a reservation. Well, that's what the colonel said. Fawn will stay with me, always. Well, I guess you're pretty fond of her. Yes, I am. You see, Marshal, Fawn is my daughter. We will return for the second act of Gunsmoke in just a moment. But first, tomorrow in the daytime on most of these same stations... CBS Radio welcomes to the network the distinguished conductor Leopold Stokowski to conduct the new musical series, 20th Century Concert Hall. Mr. Stokowski conducts the CBS Radio Chamber Orchestra in the radio premiere of Nikolai Berezovsky's Adagio from the Sextet Concerto. This is a radio premiere in tribute to the composer who was with CBS Radio's orchestra for 22 years until his death last month. 20th Century Concert Hall starts tomorrow. Now the second act of Gunsmoke. It took a lot of courage for Miss Phillips to come back into the white man's world after ten years among the Cheyennes and to bring her daughter with her. I, uh, didn't tell anybody about it. I figured she'd talk for herself when the time came. A week passed, and while the people at Dodge regarded Miss Phillips as a curiosity, they didn't take to her treating the child as an equal. And so they avoided them both. Kitty looked after him, though, and I saw them whenever I could. But it was Doc they really impressed I never saw such a pair, Matt. Why, well, they live to be a hundred, both of them. <laughs> well, they look healthy, all right. Ah, there are a couple of chairs, Doc. Let's sit a while, huh? Oh, yes. Uh, I swear if I wasn't so old, I'd go live with the Indians myself. <laughs> Don't think you'd like it, Doc. I wouldn't. Why not? Do much work. Oh, no, not for me, as far as I can tell. There wouldn't be no patience. They're all too healthy. <laughs> well, before you go, Doc, tell me something, huh? Huh? Do you, uh, think the girl is as frightened as she was at first? Oh, she'll come out of it. Just give her time. This is quite a change for her. Yeah. Yeah, it sure is. There's one thing about Fawn, though. What? She isn't pure, Cheyenne. Well, she isn't? You know as well as I do that she isn't. Uh, it makes sort of a problem for Miss Phillips, doesn't it, Doc? People would just treat her worse if they knew the truth, Matt. 
Marshal Dillon. Hello. I'm Jeff Hunter. Well, what can I do for you? I'm on my way to California, Marshal, so I ain't gonna cause trouble. <laughs> well, that's fine. I want to talk to that woman, Mrs. Phillips, you brought to Dodge. No? What for, Hunter? I'll tell her that, Marshal. I just thought maybe it'd be easier if you took me there. You can stay while I'm talking to her, if you like. All right, Hunter. She lives back at the Texas Trail here. Come on, I'll show you the way. All right. Uh, I'll see you later, Doc. Uh, sure, Matt. You live around here? Oh, I've been ranching, Marshal. It's too cold winters. I'm going to California. No? Yeah. Family? No. I'm alone. No. Ah, here we are. Come in, Marshal. Oh, both of you. Well, thank you, ma'am. Miss Phillips, uh, this is Jeff Hunter. How do you do? I'm proud to know you, ma'am. He uh, wants to talk to you, Miss Phillips. He looks like a good man to me, or I wouldn't have brought him here. Oh, well, you're most welcome, Mr. Hunter. Miss Phillips, I've heard your story, some of it anyway. I thought maybe you might know something about my wife. Your wife? Yes, ma'am. The Arapahoes captured her about seven years ago. I know there's some Arapahoes and Cheyennes that are friendly, and I was wondering if you ever heard of her. Her name was Ruth. Oh, the Arapahoes had a white woman once. Blonde, captured on the Solomon River. I never met her, though. My wife's a blonde, and that's the place it happened. Oh. Mr. Hunter, when I heard of her, she'd already died. I'm sorry. Ruth never was very strong. Shouldn't have brought her to this country. Wasn't your fault, Mr. Hunter. Things just happen sometimes, that's all. Maybe it's better she died. That could be. Hope it wasn't too hard for you, ma'am. It wasn't easy. That's a right pretty little girl. What's her name? We call her Fawn. Oh, that's a pretty name, too. She takes after you, ma'am. What? Well, of course, she's a little different in color, but she kind of has your mouth. Marshal. You know I've never said a word, Miss Phillips. Mr. Hunter, how'd you know Fawn's my daughter? Why, well, I, I just knew, that's all. How'd you know? Well, I heard there was a little girl, and nobody said so, but I figured she must be yours, and then when I saw her just now, I knew she was. I, I hope I haven't said anything to trouble you, ma'am. No, no, you haven't. But people have already made it hard. Sure. People talk, but they don't know. They got no idea what it was like. That's very true. Figured you're lucky you're able to bring her with you. Mr. Hunter, Fawn is a chief's daughter, Blackhorn. It was he who allowed us to leave the tribe. I'll be going now, ma'am. I hope everything will be all right with you. Goodbye, Mr. Hunter. Goodbye. Thanks for talking to me. I'll see you later, Miss Phillips. Yes, Marshal. Jeb Hunter didn't leave Dodge right away. Kitty told me that he ran into Miss Phillips on the street the next day and they had another conversation. Later, I heard he took her and the girl fishing. I figured he was good company for him, and no harm could come of it. I was busy, and I sort of forgot about him for a few days. When one morning a man walked into the office. Uh, Marshal Dillon? Uh, I'm... Uh, I'm Phillips. Roger Phillips. I, I've come for... Uh, for my wife. Well, when did you get into Dodge? Oh, I came in the Santa Fe last night. Last night? I thought it wisest to wait till morning. 
Oh. Well, it's your business, Phillips. Chester. Hmm? Go tell Miss Phillips her husband's here. I'll bring him over in a few minutes. Yes, sir. I'll go tell her, Mr. Dillon. Well, this is my first trip west in many years. Ever since uh, Mrs. Phillips was lost, in fact. Yeah. Are you staying? Staying? Oh, no. No, we'll go straight back to Boston. I much prefer it there. I see. Well, Miss Phillips is fine, although I have an idea you'll see some changes in her. I expect that. I expect that. She's been through a terrible experience, Marshal. Of course, we'll, uh, we'll get her back to normal soon enough. Seems pretty normal to me right now. Really? That's hard to imagine after ten years among the savages. I only hope she hasn't... Well... Lost too much. She was a well-bred woman, Marshal. And we... She still is. She's just learned more. I told her, Mr. Dillon. All right, Chester. I'll show you where she's staying, Phillips. Come along. I sure didn't think much of him, did you, Mr. Dillon? Uh, not much, Chester. Hmm. Awful uppity. Seems a shame. A fine woman like that. Well, maybe she can handle him. <laughs> if he's worth handling. It's not our problem, Chester. Well, no, sir, I guess not. Marshal, I want to talk to you. Good morning, Miss Phillips. Good morning, Marshal. Now, Marshal, you listen to me. Yeah? What is it? Well, I've just learned the full truth. I understand you've known about it all along. I hope you'll forgive me, Marshal. I told him you knew. There's nothing wrong with that, ma'am. The whole thing is wrong. A girl will go to a reservation where she belongs. This was arranged in Washington, No, Marshall. Roger. Never, never. Now, wait a minute, ma'am. Look, Phillips, the colonel at Fort Larned told me the arrangements, but he didn't know the facts, and neither did the people in Washington. Things are a little different now, don't you think? Well, you can hardly expect me to take that girl back to Boston. It's up to you, I guess. Well, then go over there and get her, Marshal. And hold her here in jail until we leave Dodge. And then you can do what you like with her after that. Roger. You must be a pretty big man in Boston, Of Phillips. course I am. But this is Dodge City. Nobody ever heard of you here. Now, why don't you calm down and decide what you're going to do? I know what I'm going to do. I won't leave her, Roger. I won't have her around. Here or anywhere else. Then I'm sorry. What do you mean, you're sorry? Go back to Boston. I'll stay here. Do you know what you're saying? Yes, I do. I'll divorce you. You'll never get a penny. I don't want your money. I wouldn't have it. Very well, then. Stay. No longer anything but a squaw anyway. Chester. Yes, sir? There's a train east leaving soon. Throw him on it. Oh, I'll do it gladly, Mr. Dillon. Miss Phillips, go to your place and wait there for me, huh? I won't be long. All right, Marshal. Come in, Marshal. Why, Mr. Hunter. Marshal told me to come along, ma'am. I hope it's all right. Come in. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, Miss Phillips, I told Hunter here that uh, your husband arrived and that he's left. Yes. But uh, I didn't tell him that he... Might still try to cause trouble about the girl. Could he? Well, Colonel Bloor's orders were to put her on a reservation. And uh, it'd take a long time to change that through Washington. And Phillips knows it. What can I do, Marshal? Clear out? 
Where they can't find you? They'll all forget about it in time. That's a good idea, ma'am. If you don't mind my saying so. But how? I I can't just ride back out onto the prairie with her. No. No, she can't. Can she? Hunter. Well, sure wouldn't be right. <clears throat> well? Ma'am? Yes? I'm heading for California, like I told you. I can leave any time. I got plenty of room for two more, like you and your pretty little girl. Do you really want us? I'll tell you. I've been waiting around Dodge so as I'd be sure that you were going to be all right. Uh, you understand? Yes. Yes, I understand. Gunsmoke, under the direction of Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Tonight's story was especially written for Gunsmoke by John Meston, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Featured in the cast were Helen Cleave, John Daner, Edgar Barrier, Lawrence Dobkin, and Leo Curley. Harley Bear is Chester, Howard McNear is Doc, and Georgia Ellis is Kitty. And now an announcement of interest to many of our listeners. The theme for Gunsmoke is an original melody by our musical director, Rex Corey. It is called Old Trail and is available at your local music store, both in sheet music form and as a commercial record. Beginning next week, Gunsmoke will be heard at a new time over most of these same CBS radio stations. Remember, Gunsmoke at a new time beginning next week, so check your local newspaper for the time. Be sure to join us again next week as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal... Fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in Gunsmoke. This Monday night, the Lux Radio Theater brings Joan Fontaine and Charlton Heston to its microphone, co-starring in The President's Lady. That's on the Lux Radio Theater, the same night CBS Radio stars John Hodiak in Suspense's production of Hellfire. Yes, Monday night on most of these same CBS radio stations. George Walsh speaking. America now listens to 110 million radio sets and listens most to the CBS radio network. Gunsmoke, starring William Conrad in Fawn from September 26, 1953. Also in the cast, Parley Bear, Georgia Ellis, Howard McNear, Helen Klebe, Edgar Barrier, John Daner, Lawrence Dobkin, and Leo Curley is heard over CBS. Stick around, I'll give you our lineup for episode 89 of the Classic Radio Theater after this short break. Next time on episode 89 of the Classic Radio Theater brought to you by the Bradford Exchange, we'll hear two detective episodes of Barry Craig, Confidential Investigator, starring William Gargan, so don't miss it. To reach me and to learn more about the Classic Radio Club, visit ClassicRadioClub.com. Be sure to tune into our next show and make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts to never miss an episode. Thanks for listening.